Welcome to a special episode of Touring the ASC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. And on this episode, we'll be talking to the Boston Globe's Gregory Lee Jr. Just wanted to thank everyone for tuning in. Of course, if you're tuning in on Apple Podcast, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you're tuning in on Spotify, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you're tuning in on Google Podcasts, wherever you're tuning in at, I thank you. If you would, go ahead and give me that five-star rating review, and review, I'm sorry, if you're tuning in on Apple Podcast, If you're tuning in on Spotify, there is a ratings button now. There's three little dots by, the, by where you click the follow button on there. Click on that. There is a spot where you can actually rate a podcast now. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Now for this episode, of course it's a bonus episode for this week. There is no rant to start this week. We're not doing early hits. No, 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 no. We're going to get you straight to the action. So we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, you'll hear me speaking with the Boston Globes. Gregory Lee Jr. on Touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. Going through some things and not quite sure who to turn to? Well, let me tell you about Peace of Mind Counseling and Life Coaching. They offer services ranging from mental health counseling, parenting classes, life coaching services, therapy, alcohol and drug assessments, and so much more. And all the services are monitored by licensed supervisors. Also, they're currently offering free consultations for counseling or life coaching. All you need to do to get started is reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615-930-1230 to get started. Again, you can reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615-930-1230. So if you feel you need to talk to someone or know someone that needs to talk to someone, take the time to reach out to Peace of Mind Counseling and Life Coaching, where the motto is, it costs you your peace of mind, then it is too expensive. Welcome to another edition of Touring the AFC South. I'm your host, Mike Patton. And of course, the playoffs are about to end the next round. There was some surprise we expected to happen. And then there were some things that fall in between, like, of course, you know, the losses that we didn't expect to be as bad. <laughs> uh, of course, here to chat with me on the playoff picture. Now it has changed is the former president of the National Association of Black Journalists. And he also works for the Boston Globe. Welcome to the show, Gregory Lee Jr. What's going on, man? Not much, man. What's happening, Mike? 
Man, just uh, trying to stay warm down here in Nashville. It's like in the teens down. Oh, it's 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 about the teens here in Boston. So we're used to that here. So y'all not used to that that stuff down in you know down there. So you know, it's all good. <laughs> it was four. It was like it was minus. It was like my, it was four degrees. Felt like minus ten degrees outside. I walked outside and got my newspaper. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm not staying out here long. Let me get back inside. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hear you there. I hear you there. So. Uh, for those that don't know, can you tell uh, everyone uh, what you do with the Boston Globe, maybe Globe, and maybe some background on all the things you yeah. have done? Yeah, so now at the Boston Globe, I'm the senior assistant managing editor for talent and community. Basically, I'm a newsroom recruiter, and also uh, help with our community initiatives and bring our journalism to the community. Um, have other initiatives, other things I do there. I, I executive, I'm the executive producer of our new. Uh, radio uh, TV radio show uh, called Black News Hour, where we do a monthly show. We talk about different issues in the, in the community in Boston. And and this is after a long career in sports journalism. I've been in sports journalism uh, for almost 30 years. I started off in New Orleans at the time, speaking in my hometown paper, then got, went on to the Washington Post, Boston Globe. And this is my second stint in Boston Globe. I was there before in a sports capacity and running the section and in South Florida, where we'll talk a little bit more about your quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. Well, I used to cover Ryan Tannehill when he was the Miami Dolphins quarterback. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And uh, been at NBA.com and at the, and the athletics. So I've been in sports journalism, covered the Olympics, covered the NBA finals, Super Bowls, playoffs, uh, Major League Baseball playoffs, even hockey playoffs. So uh, I've been I've seen a lot in sports journalism and uh, looking forward to the conversations you might. <laughs> man hey i appreciate it i appreciate it so since you're up there in boston what's the temperature on the patriots season uh from beginning to end this season up there look everyone expected to see after what the team did in free agency you know um the team spent a lot of money in free agency and uh, that wasn't what you know belichick was not known for doing and he did and uh they you know with the rookie quarterback they thought he could bring him along and they thought they could get a chance to get into the playoffs. They had a slow start during the season, but with a rookie quarterback, you're always going to you know, have some growing pains. And Mac Jones, uh, he grew over the season, but as you know, in certain situations, he's, he's going to turn into a rookie quarterback. Uh, I think uh, really the Patriots really, I think, overachieved, so to speak, when you think about it, um, because they did maximize the talent. But um, look, they beat a couple, you know, beat the Jets twice really bad. And, you know, that's two easy victories in the play. They got in the playoffs and they beat the Jaguars pretty badly. So uh, without those three victories, it wouldn't have been the playoffs. Uh, uh, they beat the Bills. That was, you know, that first game in the Bills. But that was a bad weather night and they just ran over the Bills. And then after that, the Bills in ideal situations should display their dominance over the Patriots, especially in the, in the playoff game. Uh, but the Patriots, I think, there's you know, they still have a few pieces left to, to, to fill out this roster to help. Get, try to get Belichick back into the Super Bowl contention, but they have a ways to go. They need some outside playmakers. Uh, uh, the running game is good. The line uh, is solid. Uh, they got some aging pieces on defense. Uh, the defense is still solid, but they, you know, they, still there were still some weaknesses there. But the most important thing is the quarterback position. And Mike Jones needs to get more experience, but he will also need uh, more explosive players. Kendrick Bourne was the leading receiver. He did fine. Jacoby Myers is okay and decent, but the wideouts were not really a threat. I mean, look at the, you know, uh, look at it from a larger view. So uh, again, 
the Patriots had a good season. They made the playoffs better than last year when it was a disaster in the first year without uh, Tom Brady and, and dealing with COVID. So it was just uh, well, it was a good bounce back year for uh, Bill Belichick, I think, overall. That's the perspective um, that year. Gotcha, gotcha. It was a guy up there that I thought would be better this year, and that would be uh, John o. Smith. Yeah, John o. Smith didn't have uh, a good season. He had to make some adjustments. I know he got benched. Uh, I remember he played against the game against the Saints. He had a pass come to him, and it bounced off of him with a pick, and it would cost a turnover. So he's very inconsistent uh, this year. I think probably more of uh, the system, uh, different system he was in. Uh, and you got to also remember when he was at the Titans, you got to remember – he was also like an extension of the running game, and they were beating you down with Derrick Henry. So when he got short passes, he turned into big plays because he was like a, a bigger running back. So it's a different system in, in, in New England where they don't have that big back like Derrick Henry who already puts enough in the heads of defenses. And then you got a big athletic tight end like John Lewis Smith running, rumbling down the, 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 the seam while they got Derrick Henry look back there and the linebacker and safety is peeking in on Derrick Henry and not looking at John Lewis Smith. And I think that's why he was so effective with the Titans. He didn't have that benefit that benefit with the uh, Patriots running backs. There were no there were no real threats uh, of the safeties or linebackers worrying about uh, a running back of Derrick Henry's stature. So they could focus on keeping an extra step or a step on watching people like John Lewis Smith. Yeah, we're definitely going to get into, uh, of course, the Titans and, and Derrick Henry as well. But uh... – I want to uh, talk about a, a team that you follow. That would be the New Orleans Saints. The last game of the season. Win and they're in. Win and the, and the 49ers lose and they're in. How are you feeling on that last day of the season, man? It'll, yeah, look, we know the Saints The Saints is going to beat the Falcons. We owe them. Uh, a beating because we lost him early season. There was no excuse to lose in that game. We, the Saints shouldn't have been in that position. Now, the Saints had opportunities early season to, to get them punch themselves in the playoffs. But look, when you have inconsistent quarterback play, you have four quarterbacks during the season. Um, but it came still had, came out to the last game of the season, and you had to put the fate in someone's hands. I thought everything looked good because the Rams were up 17 nothing against the 49ers. And they thought we thought that the Rams was going to like end their five game losing streak to the 49ers. But Everything looked good until the end, and Matt Stafford showed up. So that's what we said when you know you can't trust in Matt Stafford. So at the end of the day, why if you depend on Matt Stafford trying to get you in the playoffs, you might as well just get ready to pack up for the season. If you depend on Matt Stafford, that's what happened. Uh, <laughs> but we, you know, Saints fans, you know, it was a good season considering our first year without uh, Drew Brees. When you lose your court starting quarterback, Jameis Winston, you didn't have Michael Thomas, you didn't have three of your starting linemen for most of the year. Um, you had that COVID game against the Dolphins. Or let's go back to the beginning of the season when they had to be evacuated and deal with the effects of the hurricane and evacuate and play their first game in Jacksonville. Um, uh, uh, being nine and eight, going nine and eight through all of that turmoil, and for Sean Payton to uh, keep that team together and focus, and had a lights out defense as everyone saw when they shot out the uh, Buccaneers nine nothing, um, and. It just, you know, and I think also, too, maybe the Rams didn't want the Saints in the playoffs. I don't think no team wanted to see the Saints defense in the playoffs because after they, what they saw, what they did to Tom Brady, I don't think any team in the NFC wanted to see a defense. They wanted to see our offense because we had no offense, <laughs> but <laughs> they certainly didn't want to see Cam Jordan coming down on them. They certainly didn't want to see uh, DeMario Davis hunting you down. They certainly want to see Marshawn Lattimore and especially CeeDee Deuce 
uh, slot corner who gets in the head to everybody. Um, so no one wanted to see that. And I don't blame them. <laughs> I think a lot of NFC teams are happy that the, the Saints are in the playoffs because the defense, they came and they will hit you and they will hunt you down and will give you a long night. And Tom Brady saw that in his own building. And, and <laughs> he sure did. Up. He sure did. It, the one the one thing, you know, I did talk about the Saints, but, you know, I didn't talk about the character that I love watching so much that you play. Every yeah, Saint who that right here. Here he is. Yes, Saint who that. There's my alter eagle. Yeah, we do. We Saint Saint who that gets on uh, pregame and postgame to give analysis for the Saints, and uh, you know, yeah, you know, Saint who that did predict uh, for the season the Saints go ten and seven, so we're close. So uh, we could have gotten it. The ball they blew a ten point game, a ten point lead in the fourth quarter against the Giants early in the season. No excuse for losing that game. You know, they they scored twenty four points. They should have never lost that game. They'd be in the playoffs if they won that game. It would be in the playoffs if, if they if the defensive call wouldn't have uh, they put the rookie cornerback Debo on Cordero Patterson late in the game against the Falcons and they found him one on one. He just out physical, out jumped, out jumped him and uh, got the game winning score for the Falcons. So those are two two uh, situations where the Saints could have controlled their own destiny and been in the playoffs. So the Saints have themselves to look at for not getting the playoffs, but at the same time they had to overcome so much adversity that you, you can overlook those overlook those things. Definitely, 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 man. I, I look forward to next year seeing Saint Who that even more. I mean, oh, well, should, the Saints should have beaten the Titans. We got that bad call um, <laughs> in the end zone. That uh, the penalties, the penalty call, the penalties was terrible. Giving uh, Tannehill another chance to score touchdown, which they did. Uh, that was a horrendous call. Uh, and I like Ryan Tannehill. We can get that later. But uh, that was a horrendous call, and that was an opportunity for the Saints to win in, t- in, in Tennessee, too. I think the Saints really had a shot to win that game if it wasn't for that setback. I hear you. I hear you. I understand. Now, of course, we have talked about the Saints. We've talked about the Patriots. But, of course, this is a, a show that's on the AFC South. So we got to come on down south. Now, we got to talk about the team that is representing the AFC South In the standing as the Tennessee Titans. Um, what do you think? You know, you got Derrick Henry coming back, uh, Titans, Bengals this weekend, a lot of energy in the building. I mean, what are you thinking of bringing Derrick Henry back for the playoffs and that be his first action? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be real tough because, you know, the biggest asset for Derrick Henry is late in the game in the fourth quarter. And wearing, you know, he wears out defenses in the first and third quarters. But where's his where's his stamina level is going to be? That's the question. His, I mean, his foot's probably 100%. But where is his stamina level is going to be? Because usually, you know, and this is my fancy sports hat. Usually, before like you seasons before, early in the season, he will always start slow and build himself up, and he's like dominant in the last half of the season. This year, he you know he started off fast and beat up on people, but usually. In this part of the season where defenses are beat up, tired, this is where Derrick Henry's effectiveness really show out in terms of his power, his vision, and just his uh, wearing down opponents. I'm just really interested to see what his condition is going to be like, you know, because it was a foot injury. Yes, he could do some conditioning in the swimming pool and all that stuff and probably got on a bicycle and stuff like that. But you can't put too much pressure on a surgical repair foot until it's 100%. So I don't know what what the condition he's going to be in. I know he's he's been practicing the last two weeks, but he hasn't had game – his name game conditioning. So it'll be interesting to see how he works back in the offense. Of course, you got AJ Brown and Julio Jones out there, Tannehill, but Tannehill is better with Derrick Henry on the field than not on the field. Let's put it that way. 
So any Derrick Henry is is a good thing for uh, Ryan Tannehill. Right. This game, what do you think it comes down to with, uh, with Tennessee and Cincinnati? Look, the, the Bengals, the Bengals are coming in on a high. They're coming in with momentum. Uh, look, they should have closed out the Raiders last week early in the game. They shouldn't have gotten down to the last part of the game. So they learned a lesson. They got through it. Hope if they, if for their benefit, they learn quickly. Uh, they could be a dangerous team for the Titans. I think uh, you know. With Jamar Chase and you know, and, and they got three good receivers and T. Higgins and Tyler Burrow and, and, and an underrated tight end of Zuma. Burrow has a lot of moxie. He, you know, he he can manipulate the pocket. He can run when he has to. Um, you know, I watched Jamar and and uh, Burrow at LSU. I'm New I'm a New Orleans native, so I saw them in person in three, uh, a couple of games, and that chemistry is real. And the Titans got to deal with that, and uh, they got to be physical. They got, they got, you know, the, the line's a little beat up for the Bengals. It's not strong. So the defensive line, Jeffrey Simmons has got to dominate for the uh, Titans on the line to put some pressure and get into the face of Burrow. Don't let him step up. So that's going to be critical for the Titans. The Titans' defensive line has to dominate uh, to contain uh, the Bengals, which they're very capable of. And then on the offensive side, I don't, you know, the question, the big question mark is how much does Derrick Henry have? I mean, yes, of course he's, he's been rested, but in terms of the ability to go – can he get 30 touches and be effective? <laughs> I mean, or, or will the or will the uh, Titans try to save him for the last half of the game? But then again, the defense won't be as tired because they had to deal with him the first second half, first half because they didn't use him as much. So I don't know what, what the Titans are going to do in terms of his uh, so-called pitch count, if, he, if there's one for him, or trying to ramp, trying to save him for a little tired defense in the fourth quarter. But it's going to come down to, I think, the Titans' defensive line, really, they're going to have to really um, – put some pressure on uh, on uh, on them because they're going to need the back end to handle those three receivers and the tight end. They're going to need to rush four. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And one thing I heard, actually, in terms of the stats for the Bengals, when he blitzed Joe Burrow, he definitely is way more accurate than if you rush him with four. Oh, and the tight end with four. So that would be yeah. something to watch. Yeah, yeah, because he is very accurate. And on the run, he's very accustomed to that. Saw him do a lot of that in college. He improvises. He knows he's a very smart kid in terms of diagnosing plays before uh, the play starts. So that's really uncanny for a young quarterback like him. Uh, and then it also helps to have the added bonus is that, yes, he's a second-year quarterback. The added bonus is that he already, he has chemistry with a guy he's played football with for four years. And I don't care if it's college or pro. Just as long as you have chemistry with a receiver – that's the most critical thing, and what Jamar, what him and Jamar has is is just this is this is they're veteran. I'm not saying they're Montana and Rice, but they played it for years. But in terms of just that connection on the field, is just very critical to have for a young quarterback to have that as a security blanket. Right, right. Now, as far as this game, if you had to pick one winner right now, who are you picking and why? I'm picking the Bengals. Uh, uh, just because the offensive explosive explosiveness, I think oh. having a game. I'm just saying having a game last week helped. I think it built a confidence. I mean, this is their first playoff game. I see Tennessee boom, 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 taking the nerves out and stuff. And they, were, you know, they were at home last week. They got that experience. Um, and I, and I, 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 you know, unless I see a Der- unless uh, Derrick Henry's got to show it to me in the first half what he has, and that's gonna be critical. I mean, if Derrick Henry is the Derrick Henry we're used to seeing, then yeah, I can see the. The Titans holding the ball 
and running clock and having time possession and having winning time possession. They got to win time possession because the more possessions you give Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, the more trouble it is for the Titans. So it's going to be critical to see how the Titans offense uh, adjusts, readjusts, getting their main man back. So that's the biggest thing that I, I, I want to see, how much he's going to get the ball and how much ball control the Titans will have. That's critical for Ryan Tannehill. Uh, and I think Ryan Tannehill, if they're going to be successful, he'll be more effective running the ball too more. I mean, he's he wasn't as effective without him, but now he's going he can do the more read option more effectively, and he's going to have to. Get, I, I expect him to carry the ball at least eight to ten times. If he does that and gets five or six yards a clip, and, you know, he should. If he runs for sixty yards, I think that's a win for for the Titans. He's got to run for sixty yards. Sorry, and I watched him in Miami. I, I like. I know Ryan Tannehill's game is like. He's effective when he can run and pass because the run ladders him up and it calms him down and the offense flows because he's in the entire game. He's doing everything. And I think that kind of Ryan Tannehill is dangerous. Oh, I hear you. I understand. But one thing I, I did mention as well, he make a few plays himself is uh, Deontay Foreman. I think he definitely has equipped himself pretty well. Oh, he's done a great and job. He's done a great oh, yeah, job. Definitely. He's not he's not Derrick Henry. I, no. I definitely understand that. But that there's a reason why he's bounced around and not Derrick Henry. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's true. But uh I'll, I'll say also one thing that, that was very that was shown a lot in the last game is Julio Jones kind of got a little bit of lather, got a little rhythm with uh with Ryan Tannehill. So that's possibly something to watch as well. Well, the problem is that he hadn't practiced much because he's always done practice like as a Saints fan watching the Falcons, he hardly practiced because he was always hurt. So how can you get chemistry? Look, he already had chemistry with Matt Ryan, so he didn't have to practice. But he barely knows Ryan Tan. It was his first year with him. So it takes time to build that rapport, you know, just like the rapport Tannehill has with A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown can miss four or five games, and he can come back the first game. They'd be like, like okay, this is nothing because we have chemistry. Right. And, and Julio and him don't have that chemistry. That's why I go back to Burrow and Jamar Chase being in college and what they did in college was critical for them for with a young quarterback. And Ryan, same thing with Ryan Tannehill and Julio Jones. They don't have right. that chemistry yet. So if, they, if he stays, if he's on the practice field, getting more reps with Tannehill on the field, that'll benefit the Titans. He has to be on the field. He has to be on the field. Yeah, I understand. Definitely. So since you have the Bengals going forward, do they face Buffalo or do they face Kansas City? Uh, I think Kansas City's figured it out for themselves. I think Kansas City's going to do it. I think early in the season, I think the biggest thing opponents have done now during the season, they, and they've learned over the season, opponents making or were forcing Patrick Mahomes and offense to be patient, and they weren't being patient. They were being sloppy with the ball, taking too many chances, and the last, you know, the last uh, two months of the season, almost two and a half months of the season, the offense has learned to be more patient. Uh, uh, you watch Mahomes be a little bit more disciplined. And then by being disciplined and just playing to the league that they are willing to be disciplined and more patient, that really opens up for the big the big plays coming back now. Because now defense is like, okay, what are we going to do? Because now they're dinking and dunking. They're running the ball. They're mixing the pass and the run a little bit better. Um, uh, they're getting the ball. You know, the last couple of weeks, the other receivers are doing this. Pringle doing stuff. Hartman's doing stuff. Hart- Hill's doing okay. But, like, Pringle's making big plays now. And that's dangerous. And Hartman's making plays. If those two guys are making plays – and you got still got Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. It's hard. I, what the, I mean, the Bills have a good defense, but it looked great because they went against Mac Jones last week. The, the, the Mac Jones and it's, it's night and day with Patrick Mahomes. So it's gonna be interesting. In the 
I love Jack. I love Josh Allen. He's a great quarterback. I, 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 that's the type of quarterback I want. Big, strong, strong arm, and can run and and put licks on defenders when he runs the ball. So I'm a big Josh Allen fan. Big Josh Allen fan. Just think that this. I just think that the uh, Chiefs are hitting it on all cylinders right now, and it's going to be a shootout. Uh, but the Chiefs' defense have really stepped up the last um, two and a half months, uh, too, really readjusting and refiguring things out. So um, I see the Chiefs winning that game. So, Gotcha. Okay. So I'm going to flip to the other side. We're going to go a little NFC. We've got the Niners and we've got the Rams and Tampa Bay. So with that game, who do you – with those games, I should say, who do you see meeting in the NFC championship game? You know what? I need to see the condition of if, if, if uh, Fred Warner can play for the 49ers. He's, he's been practicing, actually. He's been practicing. I think he's going to play them. And I know both are oh, going to play. Both are probably going to be cleared, yeah. People forget a few years ago what the Niners did to the Packers physically. Now, I know the Packers got their best lineman, offensive lineman, Bakateria back. They're a physical team, too. But the Niners are a different physical team. I see the Niners going up there and being bully balls. As long as Jeremy Garoppolo, if Jeremy Garoppolo does not get in the way of all that, the Niners can beat the Packers. And I and and I'm going to the Niners because of that physicality. You saw what they did to the Rams last week. Put them. It's just, I mean, the physicality on both sides of the ball is just, uh, you know, Shanahan, Shanahan has, has taken the run game better than his dad in ways how he schemed the run game, the power run game, and with Debo Samuel and Elijah Mitchell and. Uh, it's just a power. It's a it, it, it's a very powerful team, and and uh, I think that Packers should win at home. But I, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a guy who believes in the trenches, and I believe that the Niners' offensive and defensive lines are too physical. They're very physical, and uh, is if Jimmy G doesn't get in his way, get in their way, they'll win the game. That's that's my caveat. I think that I, I think the I, I think if it, I think physically the Niners will whip the Packers. But if Garoppolo does makes a couple of mistakes and gives the Packers a short field, Aaron Rodgers will take advantage of it. <laughs> so um, that's that's going that's that's going to be the game game one and loss. What is Jimmy Garoppolo going to do? And for the other game, the Buccaneers and the Rams, huh, I don't trust Matt Stafford, but the the Buccaneers are also beat up too. Uh, and it's gonna be a, it's gonna be an interesting battle. But the front four can get to Tom Brady. If they look at the tape, what the Saints front four did to Tom Brady, and we don't know what Tristan Wirfs, Wirfs uh, if he's going to play, the best, you know, the best tackle for the Bucks sprained his ankle badly against the Eagles last week. Will he play? That you know, so that's going to be a critical thing going looking at that game. But I see uh, Tom Brady. You can never count on Tom Brady. I never bet against Tom Brady, so I'm going with Tom Brady. I'm going with the Bucks. So we got the Bucks and the 49ers on one side, and then we got, and you have the Bengals. And the Chiefs, the Chiefs on the opposite side, and uh, I might as well ask, man, who you got for the Super Bowl, man? It's gonna, it's gonna be the Chiefs gonna make it. Uh, the Chiefs experience uh, against them uh, in that big pressure situation. They'll get back to the championship, and they'll be a third straight trip to the Super Bowl. And I'm gonna go with the Niners. I'm going with the physicality. I'm going with the physical team. I'm going with Kyle Shanahan and how he's able to scheme his offense up and and. Uh, the, the Buccaneers just, just doesn't have enough firepower on the outside, just depending on Mike Evans. They got um, I'm sure Tom Brady right now is practicing with those other receivers on his team right now because he's got to get in sync with them because there's no Godwin, uh, you know, and and 
And who knows what's going to happen if Leonard Fournette shows up because he's been injured. Ronald Jones is injured. So, you know, you no know Antonio Browns. You have no Antonio Brown. You have no Godwin. You have, you know, so it's like basically Tom Brady's are readjusting his offense in the playoffs. So I think the Niners having a good enough defense to handle that and their front forward cause a lot of havoc uh, on Tom Brady, especially if Tristan Wirfs is not healthy. That's going to be critical. I mean, Tom Brady needs protection. So uh, I'm going to go with the Niners and the Chiefs. And I think the Chiefs win a Super Bowl. Man, you know, it'd be a rematch from a couple years ago. Yeah. <laughs> where the yeah. Niners were up. Yeah, Niners were up. And then the Chiefs, say, where a cornerback isn't paying attention, and Tyreek Hill catches it, and then it's ball game. Yeah. So, yeah. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But, you know, I, I want to thank you for coming on the show with me. Uh, can you tell everyone uh, where they can reach you on social media? Yeah, give me on social. What's that? M8. N-A-B-J, Prez, P-R-E-Z, 2011. That's, mm-hmm. on, that's my Twitter handle. That's my Twitter handle. So look me up. Yes, N-A-B-J, yes, Prez, P-R-E-Z, 2011. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, thank you for coming on. You've been watching uh, and listening to Touring the ASC South with your host, Mike Patton. We're out. Good seeing you guys.